Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Matthew 28, verse 1 says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel of the Lord answered and said to the woman, the women, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he is risen. As he said, come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. Somebody say fear. Say joy. And they ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Amen. Jess, you can actually come back. I think that would be all right. We're doing some laps here. John 20. John 20. So we just did Matthew 28, but we can go to John 20. You know why we're going to John 24? Because um, we... uh, Part of the New Testament um, is called the Synoptic Gospels. Synoptic, um, you know, sin, like synthesis, or, you know, sin, you know sin, it, it goes together. Optic is, you know, you go to the optometrist. Why do you go to the optometrist? So you can see good. So you can see better. So you can see more clearly, right? Amen. Anybody work for an optometrist's office? I know we got one. Okay. So that, that is the point. Yeah, hello. <laughs> so that's your moment. <laughs> yep. That's, uh, synoptic means to see together. And the reason why you want to see together, uh, the same reason, like, you, you want several people looking out for something important because you don't want to miss it, and one person might could miss it. And uh, there's, I've told this before, but it's a really, really good uh, example. It helps you to understand how to rightly divide the word. Um, the general who, I actually have a picture of him hanging in my office because, you know, just he was a, he's inspirational, you know, to me and just his organization, his excellence. Um, he's the guy who beat Napoleon at Waterloo, so the, the famous, famous uh, British general. And he, uh, in his memoirs, after he defeated Napoleon, he gives this story and he says, you know, a battle, you know, he's explaining a battle, he says a battle is kind of like going to a ballroom, you know, a ball. And uh, the same sequence of events happen no matter, you know, no matter what. It only happens one time. You know, it is, you know it's two hours long and it happens the same sequence of events. However, based on who you are, different things happen. You know, maybe you went here, maybe you had some punch, or maybe you heard this or heard that. And although there's lots of different accounts of the same event, they can all be true, just seen differently. He says the same way with a battle. Um, you know, it, depending, you know, you have to collect a whole bunch of different accounts to figure out what totally different. Well, that's not what happened at all. You know, the, the whole left flank caved in. That didn't happen. Well, it depends on where you were. And so he said that, that was his way um, of explaining the battle. Uh, the Word of God, you know, as they tell the story of Jesus, by the way, Jesus' story is so big because my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God 
cannot do. So the story unfolding of Jesus and the things that he did, um, he is so powerful. And honestly, once you get Jesus in you, uh, your life is going to have a whole lot of different things going on. You know, you're, you're going to be speaking truth and speaking life. Sometimes you'll just be being Jesus and somebody will see something. You won't even know that they saw it. But whenever you're really in, you know, Jesus is leading your steps and you're being who you're supposed to be, you won't even see all the effects of your ministry. You won't even see all the effects of who you were if you were who God called you to be and you're full of love and grace. So the point is that it took these disciples and you know they're running behind him. They're all like watching and seeing him do all these different things and it takes a whole crew of them just to see Jesus fully. So we got to go to the next passage of scripture and we're going to see other things. Not contradictory things but rather complementary things because uh, you know one person just couldn't see all of Jesus and everything that he did and the impact. So it's really cool. Yes? No? Yes. Amen. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved. Who's that? John. And said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter, therefore, went out and the other disciple and they were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. Somebody say together. And the other disciple outran Peter, which is kind of a change of pace. And they came to the tomb. He came to the tomb first. And he's stooping down and looking in. You got to stooping. That means you got to you got to get low. You know, because it's not it's not it wasn't eye level. So that's important for later. Save that for later. Uh, looking in and saw the linen cloths lying there. Yet he did not go in. Verse six says. Then Simon Peter, <laughs> following him. Went into the tomb and saw the linen clothes lying there. He went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there. And the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also. And he saw and he believed. Amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the reading of your word, God, that you've left us some of these things to encourage us. Lord, thank you for everybody who showed up the week after Easter, God. I pray that you would reward them with a revelation, uh, just with an anointed word that will, uh, that will enlighten them, that will make them more like Christ, that will make them more excited about who they are, who they've been called to be. God, let it have great fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So here's the first Easter egg. The ladies came to see the tomb, not the Lord. Hmm. They came to see the tomb. That's that's what the Bible says, right? Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary came to see the tomb. You may think you came here because of maybe some peer pressure. Maybe you came here today just because somebody invited you. Somebody been nagging you. Maybe you came just because it seemed like the thing to do. Maybe you came and you didn't really expect to see what you're going to see today. Maybe you're here just because you got friends that come. But watch out now. Because Jesus is alive. You can't get in this house and be in this house, Brother Keith, 
and not see the effects of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ written on every face, working throughout the worship as the Spirit of God right now is just kind of setting your pants on fire a little bit because you know, oh, he's talking to me a little bit because I'm starting to feel something that I didn't sign up to feel. I'm not really here for this. I was here for something else, uh, but I-, I came to see the tomb. I just came to see the outward. I came to see this, but but all of a sudden I'm re- starting to realize that the stone has been rolled away and over my heart God is shifting things. Woo. That's Easter egg number one. Youth might have thought you came here to see the tomb. But you better watch yourself because you're about to see Jesus. You're about to feel Jesus. And you can pretend, you can hide, you can stand back, but in the end, the effects of the resurrection will not be denied. To see him is to know him, to realize that he is alive. You can't encounter the risen Savior and leave the same way. You can leave unsaved. But you can't leave unenlightened. You can't leave unchanged. That's Easter egg one. I don't have that many, but uh, that's a good one. I think this is a good one. Um, The ladies were the first ones to share the gospel of the resurrection. Hmm. Which goes against a lot of cultural... um, you know, traditions, especially in that time, you know, depending on where you were in the ancient world, a lot of times a woman's testimony didn't even, it was only worth like half in court. And honestly, if you're trying, the resurrection has been doubted by people for 2,000 years and it's been attacked and it's been undermined uh, by people who don't want the effects of it, by people who have an agenda against it. So, that's a big deal. And, and, and knowing that that was and that was going to be, and a lot of people were going to deny the resurrection. The Word of God says in what we just read that, that some of the, the Jews, they deny it, you know, to, to this day. And it's still circulated among them, the Word of God says. So, so knowing that, uh, he gave the critical, important job of the first people to bear the resurrection to these women. Amen? And my point is, don't let anybody... I'm not just talking about, you know, no matter what, don't ever let anyone marginalize you to the point of saying that your voice is not enough. You have got something to say. You're important. And it's not based on anything other than the fact that you know the truth, who Jesus is. It teaches us two things. The first is that God trusts the God trusted these ladies to be the first bearers of resurrection truth. And here's the other thing. For, for some of you who are a little bit shy, you maybe you're, you're not quite sure how all the apologetics work and how to argue with, you know, your teacher or your, your, your college professor or somebody who kind of has a lot of arguments and they're, they're witty and they're kind of sharp and, you know, they, they kind of, it's kind of a challenging. It doesn't matter. When you have the truth, nothing else matters. It's an old old, old uh, not, not a parable, not a poem, adage, perhaps. Um, there's an old saying that says there are three things that cannot long be hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. So let me tell you, if you know the truth of Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection, don't be afraid to stand up and stand on it. Amen. Praise God. We're flying through these. 
and read that second text again, not because I want to drag it out, but because it's so good. So good. Now, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while she, while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran, came to Simon Peter, to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the, the Lord out of the tomb. We do not know where they've laid him. Peter, therefore, went out, the other disciple, they were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. The other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down, looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Somebody said, did not go. Then Simon Peter came following him and went to the tomb and saw, he saw the linen clothes lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, lying with the linen cloths, but fold, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. And the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. So like I said, over the last year and a half, I have consistently uh, picked on the Apostle Peter. It's kind, of, it's kind of one of my shticks. I do. I like, you know, always being the first to talk, always being the, you know, the last to think. You know, he'll jump out of the boat. He'll cut off an ear. He'll try and claim the best spot at the table. He'll question things. He'll brag and say, I would never deny you. And then he will deny you. He's, that's, that's his personality. However, today I'm going to bring a little closure to my constant bullying of Peter. John actually outruns Peter to the tomb. But when John reaches the tomb, he stops and refuses to go in. Peter gets there and he takes a little while longer. But he doesn't stop at the surface level. And he goes, he goes in. He goes beyond the surface level. He goes deeper. And so he finally, I guess, learned something that it wasn't a matter of talking as quick as you can or jumping the gun as quick as you can, but it mattered to look the thing in the face and take the plunge and go deep and actually believe is a powerful transformation because Peter because of the resurrection is not who he used to be anymore he used to be Mr. Surface he used to be Mr. Blow Up you know get in the altar and pray real good and then you have but but then as soon as he left you know things would just fall apart and he wasn't able to follow through with it anymore that was kind of his shtick you know all the whole time but all of a sudden um, he stops worrying about getting there first and he gets deep in his relationship, in his pursuit of God. I'm going to tell you, some, some of y'all need to stop worrying about some of the surfacey things and go deeper in God. You need to get a serious, real, and deep connection below the surface, below what we see in this building and what you see when you're around your Christian friends. And you need to go deeper into who he is yes. and take the plunge be surprised sometimes how long it takes the real disciples to get there. Now, I know some people like that. Man, I'll tell you the truth. I'm, I'm even working with some people like that, and they haven't, really, they haven't really made the commitment that I know that I want them to see. But I do know that when they do, it's going to be all the way through. And their life is going to be changed so radically and completely. Amen? Because when you go deep, other people see it. And it matters. And then they're not afraid to follow. 
Yeah, what, what happened in Peter's life is so completely transformative that he will not only die on the cross, but he will do it with an attitude. I'm telling you. Because what happened with Peter is he took every, all the negative things in his life, you know, all, the, all those things, and then he yoked them to who Jesus was, and he was transformed by the resurrection. So all that passion, all that attitude, all that power and energy um, that your parents have tried to beat out of you, you know, for so long, um, if you go deep in Christ, all of those things that God put in you for a reason, now they're going to be turned into kingdom power and anointing and purpose, and now you're going to be stubborn whenever people uh, tell you to give up on the, on the mission field that you've been called to. Uh, you're, 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 going to be, you're going to be stubborn. You're not going to be stubborn about the flesh anymore. You start to have something in you that says, you know, I, I'm not giving up on what God told me to do. I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray until it happens. I'm going to keep witnessing. I'm going to keep being uh, who God called me to be because that's who I am now, and all of those things that were of the flesh that were causing me trouble now I've turned the I've turned the guns on the enemy and now I just will not give up and so Peter who used to be such a big mouth used to be such a problem uh, he's being he's being crucified and he says you know what don't worry about it I'm not even worthy to be crucified in the same way as Jesus. Uh, uh, crucify me upside down because if you think that I'm giving up, I've gone too deep to give up. Amen. I have gotten a hold of God in such a powerful way that I am not afraid. And as a matter of fact, you know, uh, whenever you would, uh, you know, whenever someone would hit you, uh, you know, and you're, you're playing, uh, you, you hit each other in the arm, then you, you trade licks. You ever done that? You know, guys, you've you done that before a little bit here and there. And, and then if you've got a little bit of attitude, you would be, oh, just go to the little left. Oh, that feels good. Right there. Hit right there. That attitude. The attitude that Peter, you know what, don't, 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 why don't you go, go ahead, go upside down with it. And Peter's not even afraid anymore. He said, go crucify me upside down. And I said, what are you talking about? Why? Why? Just deny Christ. He said, oh, no, no, no. He's like, because my life got turned upside down. Not by you. Not by anything that the enemy can do. It got turned upside down whenever I saw that my Jesus was not where he should have been. He is alive. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Peter might have got there slower, but he went deeper. So stop judging your walk with Christ in the same way. Go deep and let God take care of the rest. got two more I was expecting you to be like aww amen the word of God um, depending on which translation you read you might hear a napkin you might hear a cloth um, just depends um, but the, what I'm talking about is the, uh, the cloth the piece of cloth that was laid on our Savior's face per burial protocol. Now, you, know, you can pick whichever you know, cloth, napkin, you know, whatever you want to call it, but uh, uh, the Greek word is etymologically, etymologically uh, related to sweat. Okay, So like a sweat cloth or just something that would go over your face. That's what it's for. You know, sometimes you would dab the sweat. Sometimes you would, you know, whenever you're buried, um, then you, know, you would lay that across their face. That was the head cloth. It was a cloth that went around the face, and we find that it has been set aside and folded with intent. We remember reading that, right? Yeah? It said that it was set aside by itself and was folded. 
Now, we'll go two places here. Number one, um, one of the most important ways, you know, that I like to talk about uh, the creation, uh, you know, the creation truth and uh, the story of, uh, of Genesis and how God caused everything to come into existence. And he is the, uh, what Aristotle would have called the unmoved mover. He is the ultimate cause of creation. He has brought everything into existence. Uh, you, you can call it a, a big bang, but what, you know, why did the big bang go bang? Like there's still got to be an unmoved mover uh, for our reality to exist, right? Like some, something, you know. You can say that there's a huge ignition, but of what elements? And whence came those elements that ignited the Big Bang? I mean, whatever. You have to have an unmoved mover. We've known that for you know, 3,000 years. The Word of God for even longer. So, intelligent design. We believe in intelligent design. You look around and you realize that stuff you know, doesn't just come together, you know, without a designer, without a plan. And so I, that, that popped into my mind. The intelligent design, see, that thing, that cloth that did not fold itself, you could have left that tomb empty or with a body in it for a long time, but you could leave it a million years. You could leave it a billion years, 10 years. It wouldn't matter. That cloth, my friend, was not going to fold itself. And immediately you start to get excited in your spirit because like that, you're just like, I don't know what happened here, but I know that thing did not fold itself. Somebody did something here. Uh, Jesus has resurrected. He is alive. And I know that you, you know, if the bones had decayed for a thousand years and there was nothing left but dirt, all that, you know, whatever, but that thing didn't fold itself. Something happened. Woo. You ever been to uh, a Brazilian steakhouse? Huh? Uh-uh. We need to. You're, you're buying. Yeah. Lord have mercy. So we went, we went for, uh, for my wife's birthday. And uh, they came out and actually did a really good job singing, too. There was, like, even harmony. I was like, this is high roller, you know. Because normally you go there. And it's like, oh. You know, because we're, you know, we're, we're church, we like to hear some harmony. We like to, and so it just kind of grates on you. These guys, man, they were the real deal. They had, like, instruments, and so they came out, and they were all dancing around, you know, the table, and she was embarrassed, and, you know, that's what we want. And, uh, and they bring out the, the, the food at this Brazilian steakhouse, and they would come, and they would take, uh, it would be like on a, on a large steel spike, something. You know, and then they just kept coming. They're like, okay, this is this, this kind of pork. There's this kind of beef. There's this kind of, you know, different stuff, you know, another different, you know, glaze or a different, you know, style. There was lamb. There was all these meats. It's very decadent, very nice. And so they're, they're cutting all, all the stuff, and it's coming, and, you know, it keeps on going. But they had issued us something. They issued us, like, it, it looked like a little, uh, uh, just a little cube, and it had red on one side and green on the other. And so the plan was that they would keep coming with more meat and more food on out the back of the door and then slice you off some and then go get some more. And they would keep that train of deliciousness coming until they saw, you get green, you got red. Green means, you set it up on its head, it means keep it coming. Red means I'm done. And... When it was on the side, it meant, I'm working on it, man. I'm doing my best. And they looked for that. Now, there's, uh, what does that have to do with anything? Well, see, now, he, he uh, folded it. 
things don't just fold themselves. You know, you, uh, you know, I, I thought they did, and then I realized that you know my wife's folding all the laundry. You know, that's naturally, you know, oh, praise God. It's just they come out folded. No, they don't. No, they don't. They ain't going to get folded until she does it or until she convinces me to does it. I've been doing better, yeah? I've been doing a little better. I'm trying. Marriage. Be trying. <clears throat> Red is done. We're out of here. It's over. It's ended. Green. Still, still in motion. Still coming. Bring that out. Set it on its side. Just let me work on it, and we'll see what happens. Because it's not over yet. See, in Jewish culture, you would take that that cloth, that napkin, and you would. Uh, folded it a certain way and you left it at the table there was a meaning to it and that simply meant if I fold it thus I may step away from the table but I'm coming back don't take my stuff and Jesus when he rose again he took the time to set that thing on its side. He took that time to fold it and set it there and he said uh, uh, don't worry about this it's, it's, it's not quite over I'm not leaving you here in this mess forever. Amen? And we're past the starting point. It's on. Because I went, I just went down while you guys were up here crying. I took care of sin, death, hell, and the grave, and I attached it to my train, to the Father's train, and I gave all power and glory and authority. It is in His hands. It's in heaven. So it's definitely begun. But he who has begun a good work is faithful also to finish it. And so he just set it on the side. He folded it up and said, I will return. This thing has begun, but it's not quite over because I did not leave you here under the authority of sin and death. I didn't leave you here to suffer forever. You just wait and I will return again. And next time I come, there's going to be no crucifixion. Mm -mm. And nobody going to spit in his face that time. Woo! The lamb has become the lion. Amen. And all power and authority, he's not coming back with nails in his hands. He's coming back with a sword in his hand. And everything that has been done will be rightly divided. And he will judge the, the living, the quick and the dead. Woo. Don't move my napkin. But remember... I'm not, I declare to you in the name of Jesus that it is not over yet in your life. I declare to you in the name of Jesus that he is not done with you yet. He has started a good work. Hey, look at me. He has started a good work. And judging by the last two weeks, it ain't finished. Because some of y'all a mess. But it's not done. It's not over. It's not over for you. He's coming back. You're coming back. Amen. You got time for one more short one? It's my favorite. <laughs> it is, man. One more. One more time. One more Easter egg. If they start trooping out the back, then only the real Easter egg hunters will still be here. But we got one more. It's worth sticking around for. It's worth hearing this word. 
um, there was a bully, Skylar. You ever had a bully? You ever been a bully? I have. I have too. I mean, I don't know why I said that, but yeah. I had a bully put and dragged me around. And uh, this bully would, uh, he, he had grabbed me by the foot and dragged me around. You know, I'd be, ah, and I, could, I couldn't get loose and he would drag me around. And uh, it didn't happen a whole lot, but this is, this, this is his kid. He grabbed me, he was older than me, grabbed me and would pull me around by the foot. And uh, one day, the next day, I'd had quite enough of that. And I put my hands on him, Brad, I did. Lord help us. I put my hands on him. And he, squirrel, he was strong and he squirreled around, but I got a hold of him, man. And, I, I, and I, I worked him over real good. And then finally he kept swinging at me. I didn't want to like do the you know, fist to the face deal. Like I wasn't trying to go to that level, but he was. Yeah, a wild cat. And so I worked, him, I worked him over real good just wrestling with him. And then I found myself, finally when I overpowered him, I sat right up in the middle of his chest. Just sat on him. Like a bully does. Yeah, that's, that, 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 you know, that, that, that's, you know, clutch bully move right there. You sit on their, on their, on, on, on their stomach. You sit, you're sitting on top of them. You know, some of you have been on maybe one or both sides of this. You know, the classic bully move. And I sat right on top of him. And then I said, I'm going to let your hands go. And I let his hands go. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, you do. Um, and I said, I'm going to let your hands go. And I said, but don't you hit me in the face. And I let one hand go, and he socked me right in the face. That's not good whenever they're sitting on your chest to do that, holding your hands down. So what happened, happened. <laughs> For about, about 40 seconds. <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't get right from you know, wicked violent or anything, but, you know, I, it only happened once, and I just sat there until he was done, and then he never pulled me by the foot again. He never got a hold of me no more, because I had sat there until he was good and done with it. Amen. Felt good not to have to worry about that. And so here's my favorite Easter egg. Man. Um. When they came to the tomb, thinking that sin had won, thinking that the enemy had won, and that this good guy, Jesus, was dead and gone, and everything good that he tried to do was ruined. And they came there, and they saw not just an angel, but they saw him sitting on top of the stone and my spirit exploded inside me and I said the bully is defeated and not just has this thing been rolled away God didn't just roll it out of the way for you but the things in your life that try to drag you down, those things that you have battled with time and time again, he didn't just move them over to the side, but he has established his dominance over them forever. He crushed the serpent that was sin with his heel. And yes, it bruised his heel, but it crushed the head of the enemy. And I began to think about that bully, that bully that was sin, that sin that used to control us, that used to drag us around, that used to wreck our lives and cause us to do the sinful things that we didn't want to do and control our eternal destiny.
that just so you know, that bully is defeated once and for all. For once and for all, never more to rise back up, never more to dominate. He has won. I began to think about that bully and, and, and how he used to drag me around by the foot and how he used to be mean to me. And I finally, you know, it's establishing a little bit of dominance is what it is. You sit on somebody's chest long enough, you know who's in control. And, and you just imagine them seeing them sitting on the stone that had been rolled away. He didn't just roll it away. A little bit of attitude. I like this angel. I do like this angel. He was ready. The Word of God says that when this angel came to roll the stone away, Man, he, you, you, there was an earthquake. I almost wonder if that was him. And God's like, the, the angel's like, can I go now? Can I go? Can I roll it away? Can I roll it away? Nope, not yet. Wait, fulfill the prophecy. He said, I know, I know, but they won't know. Wait. God, he's alive. And these people need to know that he's alive. I can't, I can't stay here anymore. And God said, nope. Remember what happened last time? <laughs> One of these angels. <laughs> Do what I said. I said, no, all right, all right, I'll wait, I'll wait. But come on! It's the third day. I said, you wait, wait just a second. I wish you would, I wish some of you guys would get a little bit of that when it came to telling people that the Lord is risen. Yeah. How about that? When was the last time somebody had to pull your reins back because you're like, I, I know this is awkward and I know that you don't know me, but Jesus is alive. And you don't have to go to hell because he's risen. I'm sorry, I had to say it. I had to say it. I know that we're just both here at the gym on the treadmill. He's alive! And they start running faster trying to get away. He's alive. You don't accept him, you're going to burn more in fat. When was the last time somebody had to pull your chain a little bit? And this angel is saying, I cannot wait, I cannot wait, I cannot wait. The third day is coming. I am coming for you. Jesus, I'm coming to move the stone. God, please, 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 it's time. It's the third day. Come on, come on. And God says, all right, go for it. He goes, ah, and hits it. And there is an earthquake that happens. Unbelievable. And he said, rolls back the stone, and he is risen from the grave. And next thing you know, this angel is sitting there. Hey, hey, come see the place where he used to lay because he is alive. Man, he's alive. 